Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast, where we're serving up gospel-fueled courage to the Christian woman to remain faithful in her calling. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast here today with Lexi Sauve. And we are going to be talking about gospel foundations and how that impacts the pastor's wife. So, Lexi, what's going on? How are you? Good. Pretty good. Um, I know that, well, I'm assuming that you didn't get much sleep last night either since you haven't been feeling good. <laughs> no, it's okay, though. <laughs> I, I don't know if either one of us is going to be 100%. Um, I have been up since 1.30 a.m. for no good reason. I don't know why I woke up at 1.30. I just woke up I just don't morning. look at the clock anymore. I try not. <laughs> That's my, I, the problem is that we've actually been sleeping good for a while now. That um, Valor oh, yeah. sleeping through the night for like a week and a half. So it just. And like, he's not uh, in your room anymore, is he? No, he's not. Finally. Oh, that's awesome. Back, which is awesome. So yeah, he's been sleeping through the night for a little bit. So it just like ruined my stamina. So now, you know how your body just gets used to whatever. So now that I've been <laughs> sleeping. <laughs> I woke up at 1.30, so today my body's like, no. I feel like a princess today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it was actually really funny because I fell asleep and had just read an essay from Elizabeth Elliot, just kind of challenging readers to not complain for two weeks straight. And then I woke up in the middle of the night with the stomach bug and thought, oh, what am I supposed to do tomorrow? <laughs> I guess not complain about this. Wow. Good but timing. It, it's good. It's all good. <laughs> So yeah, uh, we're just going to discuss some of the basics um, of the gospel. I think um, our culture goes, we've talked before, well, you and I have talked before about how our our culture kind of goes on both ends of the spectrum. So we're going to kind of talk about the basics of what the gospel is biblically and then hit both extremes, if that makes sense. So the way I think about it is the way we taught our oldest when he was four, asking him, what is the gospel? He simply said the gospel was Jesus taking our sin and giving us his righteousness. So boiling it down really, really, really Mm -hmm. to its most basic so that a little guy can understand. And we took that from 2 Corinthians 5.21, which I'm going to read to you real quick, which says, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And that's something that happens before we've done anything to, nice. <laughs> to earn it at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. A lot of people like to say that the only thing we've contributed to our salvation is actually our sin. Um, I think for me, the verse that sticks out when I think about specifically the gospel and reformed theology is from Ephesians 1 verses 3 through 4, which say, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ Jesus with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. I had been a Christian for several years, but it was just through reading, what was it called? Oh, Hidden in the Gospel by... Bill Farley, he cited that verse and it was the first time I realized that if Christ actually chose to save me before the foundations of the world, that literally meant there was nothing that I had to do with my salvation. 
Right. And it also on the flip side of that was really, it was a security to me in a new way because it also meant that I couldn't lose my salvation if Christ had a hold on me. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. So yeah. that when yep. Jared and I first started dating, we had so many conversations. I think we actually talked about this in a shepherd's crook episode, but Jared and I had so many conversations just about just God choosing us. He was totally reformed at that point, but um, I just wrestled. And like you had said, I had been a Christian for a long time before God had really um, opened my eyes to just his sovereignty and my salvation and mm. um, just that I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> and yeah. um, and I remember one night just reading Romans 8 and 9 and weeping and being like, wow, mm. God, you chose me. Like yeah. this had nothing to do with me earning it. So yeah, just the beauty of that and how um, I feel like there is that moment in your salvation of like, wow, okay, mm-hmm. this was even better than what I realized. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, uh, I didn't write that verse down, but uh, Galatians maybe, or even in Ephesians further on where Paul just is saying that it's this, it's a gift of grace so that nobody can boast about it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, even if I think about the, before the foundations of the world, like there were a reality, physical reality wasn't even in existence. So yeah. God was being so thoughtful and loving as to choose me even back then. So mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. So I think a lot of people, <laughs> so this is where I think things can kind of go wrong sometimes is that people just kind of stop at the cross and they don't actually go on to the resurrection. And I think in first or second Corinthians, Paul actually says like the main tenets of our faith, it has to include the resurrection or we are without hope. So if we only stop at the gospel being at the cross and don't go to the resurrection, we too should be without hope, meaning that there has to be an actual change, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Not only do we get Christ's active obedience applied to us, but we also get his, um, his passive obedience. So all the things that Christ did, we get accounted to us. All the things that he didn't do is also accounted to us, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, How but, amazing is that? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible to think about. Like, not only did he live perfectly he also well like like you said actively living perfectly mm-hmm. he didn't sin like he didn't sin but he also didn't not he, uh, sins of omission he wasn't yeah, right. like <laughs> he wasn't being lazy sitting on the couch when he should right. have been up you know up serving mm-hmm. people and yeah um he didn't ever let an opportunity go by to honor somebody that he knew honor was due to mm-hmm. um all of those little examples but I think about like applying this back to the gospel specifically. And for us going to Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Oh, this is where it says what I was quoting earlier. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. Mm-hmm. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So, and I told you this yesterday over Voxer. Um, when I was just reading that verse, it was the first time I realized in context, like our good works as a Christian come after our salvation, but that is so closely tied to the gospel right there Mm -hmm. that there's, we can't deny that our, the, um, the fruit of the gospel has to be lived out in good works. Mm -hmm. So that's part of, 
what we've spent a lot of time talking about. And that's, I mean, that's going to be a lot of this podcast is really just trying to figure out how can we faithfully respond to what God did for us in the gospel um, by living fruitful lives full of good works um, and doing that fearlessly. Mm-hmm. And I think part of why we can do that fearlessly is because we're not, we're not worried about earning our salvation. Yeah. We're not worried about on like days like today where the stomach bug hits and you're homeschooling and mm-hmm. you haven't gotten out of your PJs all day. You don't, you're not, you're not emotionally falling apart because your salvation is not tied to your works at that point. Mm-hmm. So, um, but we definitely, we don't want to overlook the fact that James says things like our faith must be shown in our works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I love, I was going to bring this up. I love, I Jared preached a sermon on this a few years ago and it's um, one of our favorite verses on sanctification and it's Titus three, one through nine. It's kind of a little bit lengthy, but I'm going to read it. Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, avoid quarreling, be gentle, show perfect courtesy toward all people. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our day in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior Mm. appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs to the hope of eternal life. The saying is trustworthy, and I want you to insist on these things so that those who have believed in God may be careful to be devoted to good yeah. works. Um, and so he says, I want you to assist, insist on these things. So what are the, these things mm. that he's talking about? He's wanting to insi- them to insist on the fact that they were justified by his grace. So mm-hmm. it seems so counterintuitive, like yeah. insist on the fact that their salvation has nothing to do with their works. Insist on it. Insist on the fact that their salvation is by grace mm-hmm. alone so that, they would be devoted to works. It, yeah. It's amazing. That's the power of the yeah. gospel that you, we are to insist your gospel, your salvation has nothing to do with your works. Mm-hmm. It is in Christ alone. Mm-hmm. And then that propels us to good works. Mm-hmm. Only the gospel could do that. Mm-hmm. Only the power of Christ could do that. And that is what happens when God gives people a new heart. He yes. gives them a new heart full of gratitude, eager to do good works, but not the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. Something I was thinking about was like the whole modern gospel centrality movement, at least when I was heavily, heavily, heavily going down the Lutheran road. um, I had kind of turned the math equation, the, uh, the gospel into a math equation where I felt like, well, if I only think these gospely type thoughts, then it should equate to my joy but if we go back to John 15, Jesus talks about abiding in him and loving him through obedience. That's where our joy comes from. And he even, he says that, he says, I'm telling you this for your joy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think part of what happens is that if, if we're, I guess it just seems really natural to me to understand that if I'm given a new heart, that should include a new worldview and a new mm-hmm. um, pattern of life living. Brian always talks about how we are, God's creating a new humanity through his church Mm. because we're trying to recover like 
originally the humanities were to teach you how to be human. And Jesus was the most human person to ever lived because he was the most joyful person who fulfilled God's, um, God's will for him at all times. And so we're to live in that same pattern, not because we have power in and of ourselves and not because we're trying to earn it, but it's for our joy. Yeah. So I, I think sometimes if we, if we just stop at the cross and we don't look at the resurrection in the pattern of um, walking in the spirit, we can still become joyless and still self-absorbed in the gospel. If that makes sense, we mm-hmm. kind of make it more about ourselves than we do about um, taking other people along with us, or even just about Christ glorifying and honoring Christ in the way that he says he is glorified and honored. Yeah. There's, we've been given a new life, yeah, um, a new heart. And why not share this with the world? Like yeah. why not, um, work as an unto the Lord in all that we do mm-hmm. so that God may be glorified. Yeah. And I think especially for pastors wives, this is very, very, very important because, um, two things are more than likely going to happen. Either people are going to assume jobs for you, right. Or you're going to take jobs upon your shoulder for yourself. Mm-hmm. And not that either one of those are right or wrong, but we have to use wisdom when we're walking in good works to understand like, what is my role? Is it first as a teacher or is it first as a wife? Is it first as a regular Joe sitting in Sunday, Sunday school next to my husband, or is it, you know, teaching? Mm -hmm. So, um, if we don't understand, like, we're not trying to earn these things, we won't ever have peace in our schedules, peace in our homes, Mm -hmm. even peace in our heart. (laughs) when it comes to church stuff. So Mm -hmm. I I think that that was my number one implication I wrote down too, that knowing that you're secure in Christ, um, just we are reading Exodus right now in the Bible reading plan. And we just read, and I read two today, so I'm not sure if it was today or yesterday's, but Moses um, hiding in the cleft of the rock. Mm -hmm. Um, And just like Moses hid in the cleft of the rock, we're hidden in Christ. Um, And if we think about that image of being hidden in Christ, then, then as we are working as an unto the Lord in the local body that God has put ourselves and our husbands Mm -hmm. in, then we're reminded that, okay, this, this is me hidden in Christ. Everything that I do, I am hidden in Christ. I'm hidden in him. I am not earning a good standing before God Mm -mm. by my works here, nor should I be trying to earn good standing among the body. Because if I'm, if I'm I'm hidden in Christ and I am secure before him, then I'm not trying to work my very, very hardest so that Sam and Julie will be, think that I'm a good pastor's wife. Mm -hmm. His name is just then. Sam and Julie came to mind for some reason. <laughs> I'm glad that I don't know Sam and Julie because that just came to mind first thing. But anyway, yeah, I'm not t- trying to impress by yeah. the good works that I'm doing in the church. <sighs> I'm hidden in Christ. And, and that goes for the other people around you too. Like we have grace. Mm-hmm. We also yes. put this implication towards grace, towards our sisters in the church mm-hmm. that we're not – we're not fussy with somebody because they didn't volunteer to fill in for nursery, yeah. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, or whatever. Oh, it may yeah. be. Like <laughs> we have grace towards others because we know that they also were purchased. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that God is sovereign, just like he's sovereign over their salvation. He's also sovereign over their um, curriculum in their sanctification yeah. in the sense yeah. that 
just because we have a bigger plate, maybe at times doesn't mean that everyone else is. And that's okay because God, God's the one working that in them, not, not Lexi, not Jordan, not the pastors trying to force Mm -hmm. them into good works, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I've been thinking about this a lot lately because I mean, I'm about to take a, I don't know. I keep calling it like my ministry maternity leave. (laughs) I'm (laughs) lining everything up to basically have nothing on my calendar until January. And that's hard for me in two ways, just because I genuinely enjoy the things that I usually have on my plate, but also it is challenging to, um, to my sense of productivity (laughs) (laughs) to not be, you know, hosting people or to Mm -hmm. not be able to go to certain events just because for the next couple of months, I'm submitting to the Lord looks like, mm-hmm. um, being down. a mom yeah. and recovering from yeah. having a baby and mm-hmm. loving my new baby and not worrying about every other person in the body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So giving yourself space to do that. Um, yeah. And you and I are both achievers personality types <laughs> in that we both like to get a lot done is what I mean. Yeah. That, um, it's where neither of us are very good at maternity leaves. <laughs> no. So, um, but even in the gospel, we yeah. can be reassured that like any people pleasing fear of man, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, it being an overachiever when it comes to lists and things yeah. like that, all, we're freed from all of that with a realization yeah. of the good news of the gospel. Yeah. So I feel like that's helpful in terms of just thinking through who you are or like your natural tendencies um, your natural struggles mm-hmm. or whatever it may be just to mm-hmm. think through like how the gospel impacts that. So for me, it looks like being intentional with rest and saying no to stuff mm-hmm. um, and, yeah. and making hard decisions to stop doing something yeah. uh, that it, you know, it may be a good thing, um, yeah. even though it may be a good thing, stopping for the sake of um, higher priorities that God's yes. in my life for that season and, and knowing my salvation has nothing to do with that and other people's doesn't either. And yeah. that's okay. And giving yourself grace for that. I think too, something I keep learning is like, I could keep going and I could keep pushing through and I could keep my regular schedule, but I know I'm not going to do it cheerfully. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and what the Lord, like what is the most appropriate response to what he's done for me is to do it cheerfully. So if I can't do that, then it's probably not something yes. he's actually, it's probably not a good work he's calling me to do in that yeah. season. Yeah. And, and that's guess, been a hard thing to learn. <laughs> get the least cheerful part of you. Uh, husband. Yeah. <laughs> kids. Yeah. And what are your first yeah. priorities? Yeah. Husband, kids, home. Um, so I think just making, which will be another episode that we'll talk about priorities mm-hmm. and all that, but yeah. just how the gospel impacts all that. Um, well, and something you had mentioned before too, um, I don't know if you want to talk about this a little bit more about it. This was like the opposite side of the spectrum. People misunderstand the gospel is that um, the gospel is like a version, like a self-help tool yeah. where it's all mm-hmm. about, I was saved because I'm a princess or I was the twinkle in his eye or yeah. <laughs> someone like, give and, me a crown. Yes. And mm-hmm. the problem with that is that it still puts the emphasis on you instead yeah. of on Christ. Yes. So, but, um, that and that's almost, <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's just everywhere in our culture right now. And it, I almost think that that reflects, um, the culture 
more than the other extreme that we were talking about, because that's an easier, like an atheist can get behind that sort of motivation that, Mm -hmm. you know, be your best potential, be the best version of you. That's why Christ saved you. Um, I wrote this down in my notes that, uh, in Christ we're freed from shame. Mm-hmm. So we're freed from thinking too lowly of ourselves, but we're mm-hmm. also freed from pride, um, yeah. thinking too highly of ourselves. because the fact that Christ did this before the foundation of the world, mm-hmm. not, not looking upon our lives as did this merit it or not, um, we're freed from thinking too highly or too lowly of ourselves. Mm-hmm. So like you said, um, the whole, you deserve a crown, you're a princess situation is thrown out. Um, but, also, <laughs> but also feeling like I'm the scum of the earth is also thrown out. Yes. Yes. That's totally dishonoring to the Lord to actually, I think it was when Jared was out here visiting us last year that we talked about, we had this conversation just about how a lot of pastors want to get up in the pulpit and, um, they want to glory in their, their sin mm-hmm. and to them, like that's a version of humility. But the problem is that they're still boasting in themselves yeah. mm-hmm. and the boasting doesn't actually end on the strength of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's all a focus. Um, uh-huh. on the person. Yep. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, I just had one more thing um, just like ident- about identity. So because of the gospel, because of what Christ mm-hmm. has done for us, our identity in being a pastor's wife, our identity is not in being a pastor's wife. Um, Correct. It is, I am a Christian woman. I um, was bought by the blood of Christ. I'm his. He has me. So now what does the Bible say to me? Um, and mm-hmm. just being firmly rooted in that and then through gratitude, obeying daily. Just mm-hmm. what is obedience look like for me today okay god Mm -hmm. to cheerfully do that just Mm -hmm. happy and thankful that god has prepared good works for you to do before the foundation Mm -hmm. of the world even if it's Mm -hmm. not what you expected to be doing that day or that sunday morning Mm -hmm. or whatever it may be um just knowing that god has prepared those good works before Mm -hmm. the foundation of the world so let us cheerfully obey Mm -hmm. yeah that reminds me of uh, this quote that i wrote down from rachel jankovic I said the name. Sorry. <laughs> That's a good um, thing to say. <laughs> hopefully our listeners think so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's the said, one star review. You said it. Exactly. Now there's going to be a one star review. <laughs> I broke the ice. <laughs> um, okay. So she was basically saying, she was talking about a lot of people have been calling her a heretic because of her belief in the book of James <laughs> being inspired. <laughs> um, so she was, responding to what they have said to her. Some of them have said, the only thing that matters in your identity is that you're identified with Christ. She said, my point is that the only thing that matters in your identity is that you're identified with Christ. And it matters so much that it changes everything else about you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so that's where I think like the gratitude is what should be part of your identity now walking in the fruits of the spirit Mm -hmm. and all of that all of that is a gift of grace to us. Yeah. The ability to even do those things. Mm-hmm. So that's about all I have for today. What about you? I think that's pretty much everything. Uh, how about I pray and then we'll close it out. Sound good? That works. Yep. God, thank you for this time. I pray for all the pastors' wives and Christian women who may be listening to this podcast. I pray that you would strengthen them, embolden them, 
um, encourage them and um, just help them to be reminded just of the good news, just of what you have done for us, that you have saved us, that you have made us your people. And I pray that that would just so encourage people that um, the gospel would just go forth, that um, many good works would happen and that people Mm. would glorify you because of them, Lord. Um, Work in power in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. This show is a part of the ministry of The Shepherd's Crook. The Shepherd's Crook exists to remind pastors of Jesus through care, coaching, resources, and events. We have also started The Shepherd's Crook for Wives. Jordan and Lexi are contributing articles to the site, and you can find all the information at theshepherdscrook.co.